And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with me today is Dr. Frank Imperato. Frank, it's great to have you with us. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for having me back. Well, we have a real interest here because um, the last time we spoke, you were going to be going over to Macedonia, and here we are already on this side of a trip that's already taken place, and you're back safely now in the States, and I think our listeners would appreciate hearing a little bit about your missionary trip to Macedonia and the kind of work that that you did there. So maybe you could get us started um, and tell us uh, all, what what was it that uh, you guys did over there? Thank you, Dan. The project that is going on over in Macedonia, by way of review, actually started in 2009 uh, through a small group of prayerful men and women that we called the uh, the Frontier Group, and we had been raised up by God doing international mission work uh, for quite a few years together, and we had led teams around the world through CMDA, the Christian Medical and Dental Association, and and felt that God had equipped us and trained us to maybe take it to the next level. And We prayed for a couple of years that he would show us where he would want us to be as pioneers in his kingdom work, and, and he led us to Macedonia and uh, we partnered with a uh, high-ranking political official over there in the parliament, a young man who had married a, a missionary gal. And they had actually been praying for two years as well that somebody would come over to their country and help them. Uh, when they got married, uh, the missionary gal came into the country. It was a new language, a new culture, uh, lack of Christian evangelical faith, and found that the Orthodox religion was absolutely dead, decimated by communism over five, six decades since World War II. And her husband, having come to a newfound faith in Jesus Christ, also sensed that with the high abortion rate of 50% and the low fertility rate of 1.42, that their country was slowly dying and it was actually being overcome by the advance of Islam uh, coming up from the Middle East and and the growth of Albanian Muslims in their country. So we first went over there um, meeting these folks, just speaking about pro-life, pro-marriage, pro-family. And after a second return, we met with some cabinet members. We had the privilege of meeting with the president of the country and the prime minister. And they offered us to come back and start a physician training program we signed a memorandum of understanding uh, with the government, and it was under the auspices of CMDA, Christian Medical and Dental Association, here in the States. And, and indeed, one of my colleagues in January of 2013 moved over there full-time with his wife. And since then, um, we have used this medical clinical training program as a platform to bring American doctors over there to come alongside of Macedonian doctors, Macedonian residents, Macedonian medical students to do life-on-life clinical training. And as we're coming alongside of these folks, we are also speaking our witnesses and our testimonies into their lives. And, And God has just opened up tremendous doors and allowed such tremendous fruit over the past year and a half. We 
we know that it's not of man because of the amazing work that's going on over there. So we have uh, been excited to see how God is working over there. My friend Andy, Dr. Andy Sanders, is living over there. This was my sixth trip over there in the last two to three years. And right now, we're receiving this semester, we're breaking it up into semesters, Dan, uh, from January through May this year. We are bringing 38 doctors over there, different high-level specialties that are doing the training with the doctors. And after hours, they'll go out and have coffee and uh, meals and spend time with, in the doctors' homes. And it's breaking, it's allowing us to break a, a religious and an ethnic divide that has never been broken before because there's an orthodoxy over there and there's a Islamic presentation over there. It, it, it goes along the, the national lines of 65% Macedonian Orthodox and 35% Albanian Muslims, which is the exact percentage of the population, and it's the exact percentage that is found in the government along, amongst the parliament members. So we've been able to bridge some of those divides uh, through the means of medicine, and it's just really been a, a, an absolute blessing to, to see that happening. And as I said, we know it's, it's the power of God's Spirit doing it because it's nothing in us that uh, we're doing. Mm. I find it refreshing, uh, Dr. Frank, that uh, here's a country which um, um, there's an official in Parliament that you can partner with, and it's um, uh, you're... you're providing true uh, medical care for people as you show them the love of Christ and with the blessing of the government. And uh, we're, you know, here in America, we're kind of sensitized right now regarding health care and government involvement and all of that. Um, This seems uh, so very positive uh, compared to some of the news stories we (laughs) horror stories, if you will, that we sometimes hear of here in the States. Yes, indeed. The um, acceptance over there uh, for people to come alongside of them and to uh, share their personal testimony of love and compassion through their faith is is warmly received, not just amongst the, the Macedonian Orthodox people who really have left the church in droves. Communism just decimated that church over a period of five or six decades. And and even amongst the, the Muslims, who are mostly cultural, there is a radical faction in certain areas uh, where there's a high density of, of Muslims. But um, the ones we've come alongside of, for the most part, are, are, are cultural Muslims. And when we've been able to share our faith, Jesus Christ and the cross and the resurrection, it's been very warmly received, and, mm. and we're seeing small groups develop. We have Bible studies that are developing. We have crossed uh, the domain of medicine into the politicians, into the universities, into the community, and uh, we have disciples uh, now discipling others, and uh, we're seeing... You know, God just work in so many people's lives and through the means of, of medicine reaching out into the other aspects of their community and society. God has opened up doors through the medical project 
were missionaries who have labored there in, in God's vineyard and God's uh, mission field for, for decades. And they have seen very little fruit, but now um, coming alongside of us in the medical project where we've been able to open up doors um, into the Orthodox Church and, and into uh, the Muslim community, uh, we're partnering with some of these mission organizations, especially those who have, uh, have been directed to the Albanian Muslims because of the language barrier. Um, they, are, they are coming alongside of us and partnering with us and, and serving um, the Muslim population, not just in the higher uh, sect of society where there are students, university leaders, politicians, but also in the villages, the indigenous uh, people, and um, it's just been a lot of fun, and um, it, it's been tremendous to see how it's well-received. Mm. Um, and if we have time, maybe I can just briefly tell you a quick story. There's a border town by the border of Kosovo that is a small village. It's about 180 people, 16 homes in the village, 50 children in, in that one village. And back in the spring of 2013, we brought a, a small team of medical doctors comprised of Macedonian nationals up into this Muslim village um, as we were sharing with them what the gospel says about loving your enemies and uh, to love those who have persecuted you. We, we brought these Macedonians up to these Muslim, this Muslim village Along a couple, alongside of a couple of Americans, there was about a team of fifteen or eighteen of us, and we spent the weekend up there treating them uh, medically. They're they're so removed from the urban area that it, in the winter time, it's inaccessible up to, up in the mountain, and they have to actually bring helicopters to evacuate people if they ever got sick. So we had developed a relationship with this village. There's a a mosque there, which is pretty much empty. There's no imam there uh, that goes there regularly. And the people embraced us and loved us. And we went back a second time. And um, when I was just there this past March, uh, it was my sixth time, my fourth time up into that village. And um, we now are sending small teams up into that village almost weekly, depending upon the, uh, the weather. And we're partnering with a Romanian-slash-Albanian mission organization who speaks the language, because these people do speak Al Albanian. And the last time we were up there, uh, we had started a Bible study uh, amongst the uh, patriarchs and amongst the young men in this Muslim village, uh, encouraging them to let's compare what the Bible says and what the Koran says. And alongside of that, the children only can go to school uh, K through 8 uh, because they can't afford to go down off the mountain into the city um, to get secondary education. Uh, so we're also bringing um, English teaching up into the mountain, and we're teaching the children English. And it's been so warmly received, and we're able to pray with this Muslim community and now studying the Bible with this Muslim community. And we pray that that dead mosque that's in that village of 180 Muslims will soon be turned into a, a praise and worship center that's evangelical for the cause of Christ. And that would be really exciting to see some conversions there. Mm. Oh, yes. 
Um, tell us a little more about um, life and pro-marriage, pro-family. Um, here in the States, again, sometimes we will come across people that are of the opinion that, well, the world's overpopulated, we don't ha- want to have too many babies, da-da-da-da-da, you've heard that <laughs> that emphasis before. Um, can you help us understand God's perspective on life and pro-family? The first command that God gave us in the Bible was to be fruitful and multiply, and before we took God out of society, it was very common for Christians, um, and especially the, those who were raised up in the Catholic Church, to have uh, large families, uh, because their priority was to uh, love one another, to raise children, and to, and to have God as their primary source of, of dependency. And uh, as we've taken God out of our society and, and God off of our radar, and we tend to live materialistic selfish lives, uh, we have economized or put a financial limit on, on, on children. And indeed, um, children do take a little bit of uh, extra effort, but um, you know, if we prioritize life, we prioritize what God would have us do, we should not, um, we should not be restricting um, God's plan in our lives based upon economy, finances, mm-hmm. or or lifestyle choices that we would desire. And, and we're seeing fertility rates go down all around the world uh, in the Western, quote-unquote, civilized parts of the world where materialism has taken control. Western Europe, the United States, Canada, um, population growth has been uh, relatively flat. We need 2.2 children per family to sustain a culture. All through Western Europe, the... Uh, fertility rates are between 1.2 and 1.8. Uh, the Muslims are populating at about five to six per family. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's estimated that in France and Spain and uh, parts of Germany and even England, uh, we're seeing uh, a dominance of, of Islamic growth. And in fact, in the United States, the fertility rate is 1.8 mm. um, amongst uh, Americans. It is at 2.2 if we consider the Latino immigration okay. uh, at the bare minimum of uh, the bare minimum to sustain ourselves. In fact, um, I may have said this on the program once before. Muammar Gaddafi in 2007 or 2008 in Chicago, when he was there at the Islamic World uh, Federation meeting, said, "We do not need jihad." to overcome the world or to conquer the world. We are just going to overpopulate the earth. Mm, so right. what they're doing is very intentional. And um, I, I think we are very short-sighted and, and blinded about what what God would have us do as far as keeping him mm-hmm. a, a priority in our life. You know, it reminds me of an interview we had um, several weeks ago with a pastor, and his point was that we become like what we worship. And uh, he was cautioning us to worship God alone and not have idols. And as Americans, we it may shock us to learn that um, we are idolatrous 
in our perspective of of this world, and um, we're we're losing out on a great blessing of of having a larger family many times, and so um, I think it's um, it's a good thing for Christians to have um, to have children and to have a larger family is is a wonderful blessing of God. Mm, indeed, it, it is, and clearly, uh, I also am medical director of a crisis pregnancy center, and I often um, will see how we take fertility for granted, Mm. and uh, the the disrespect for life that is shown, not just amongst uh, young people who um, put a low premium on on life, but even on married couples who, who come into the center and and say that they can't afford another child. Um, they recognize that it's a child inside the womb, but they they put a, a financial price on that child. Mm-hmm. When we when we had done our tour in Macedonia, talking about pro family, pro life, it, it brought many of them to tears because they had come under the uh, come out from the repression and suppression of communism and. And so many of them celebrated the fact that we they should be populating more, and sure. and many of them said, "Well, you know, it doesn't take much. You already have the lights on. You already have the heat on, and and what is it to just throw a little bit more water in the soup?" <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah. if, we, if we keep our priorities uh, right to to love and serve God through loving and serving our families and. And really, our, our, our jobs, our professions, our vocations are, are really, um, as much as we put priorities on them in our education and in our society, mm. it really is a means that God allows us to provide for our family. Now, you're serving the Lord in many ways, Dr. Frank, and I saw an evidence of that the other day. We happened to be in a venue. You were there, I was there, and um, a dear lady fainted, and... Um, um, fortunately, there was a, quote, doctor in the house, and <laughs> there was Dr. Frank Imbarato right over there uh, uh, assessing the situation and lovingly caring. And I, I tell you, as I see that in action, it, it does something for me. When a Christian doctor cares for a patient uh, in love and with knowledge, to me that brings tears to my eyes. <laughs> and uh, just that short period of time was uh, touching to me, even though it was a potentially serious uh, situation. Um, you're ministering in Macedonia. That's the subject here today. And uh, I just was looking at the map. I was trying to understand how it's laid out. Um, could you describe uh, Macedonia and what's to its west and east, north and south? Macedonia is in the Balkan Peninsula. It uh, actually has the the proper name, the former Yugoslavia Republic of Macedonia, because Greece is reluctant to uh, acknowledge Macedonia's independence, even though Yugoslavia, when it broke down in 1991-1992, when uh, communism fell and the USSR broke apart, um, Greece has been reluctant to recognize Macedonia, um, but we have uh, Kosovo to the north, and uh, by Kosovo there's um, Bosnia and Serbia, and 
we have Bulgaria and Turkey uh, to the east, and Albania to the west, mm. and Greece to the south. Okay. And as you look at a map, the, the Black Sea, where, where Turkey is, is right south of that, is really a, the segue or the pathway by which uh, people are filtering up from the Middle East through Syria. But most of the Muslims in uh, Macedonia are Albanian, coming from Albania and Kosovo. Uh, in fact, that Kosovo war in 2000 was, re- was, a, was a border dispute amongst the Muslims and, and Macedonian nationals. And uh, there are some Turkish uh, Muslims, but most of them are Albanian. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we have a relationship with, uh, through the medical project, uh, we've been blessed already to reach out across the borders into Albania and Kosovo. That just shows you again the, the extent and the breadth and the depth that God has allowed this medical project to reach, not just the, the whole country of Macedonia, but now we're, we're praying that God allows us to um, go beyond the borders of Macedonia into the whole Balkan Peninsula to mm. bring a similar project. But we brought some Macedonian medical students over to Albania when I was there, Myself and another gentleman, we brought five students over there. One of them was the only Christian in the whole Macedonian medical school oh my. throughout the whole country. We only knew of one evangelical medical student in the whole medical school system of Macedonia. Mm. We went over to Albania. There was a Christian uh, student conference there sponsored by some people who had some ties to CMDA in the States and had been a conference that had been done annually for about now 12 years, strictly to Albanians and strictly to mostly the Muslims that um, they try and bring in, teach them some medical, uh, medical clinical things, um, but it's clearly evangelical. And it was mm-hmm. very well done, and there were three days of keynote speeches, then they broke down into small groups, where they would discuss the keynote speeches, and the speeches through the weekend started with the depravity of man and that man cannot save himself and the need for a Savior. And then the last talk was the exclusivity of Christ. Is is Jesus the only way? Mm. And it really prompted really excellent, excellent conversation amongst these young people. There were 130 students there. Ninety of them were non-Christian Albanians. We had five five Macedonians, and um, out of the, f- the five Macedonians, when we came back, instead of uh, one evangelical Christian, we, uh, we we saw God bring to Himself one of the Macedonian students, uh, oh. made a profession of Christ, and, and uh, was saved at the con. Oh, that's beautiful. So it was really encouraging to see how, how God provided for that. I'm on the phone line today with Dr. Frank Imbarato. This is a plain answer. Uh, Frank, we have about one minute left. If someone wants to uh, find out more about the work that God is leading you to do, is there a website where they can visit? The website would probably be best, cmda.org, Christian Medical and Dental Association.org. Mm-hmm. And... Within CMDA, there's about 40 different ministries. One of the ministries that does some of the logistical 
work for us up front is MEI, Medical Education International. And if people wanted to know more, they could contact MEI on the CMDA website. Okay. I think the CMDA website Okay. go through MEI. That would be wonderful. And uh, praying for Andy and his wife over there and praying that God would continue to open up doors for his kingdom purposes. Yes. And if someone wants to reach you, they can use the email address here at the station. It is ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. And dear listener, please pray for Dr. Frank Imbrato as he continues to go on these missions trips. And uh, we'll have uh, another opportunity to talk about another upcoming trip very shortly here. Uh, Frank, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Dan, very much. God bless you and, and the work that you do at Redeemer. Oh, God bless you. And dear listener, if you'd like to uh, listen to this broadcast again, we'll put it up on our website as a podcast. We're found at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. Quick reminder, please join us next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.